This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Back into it. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville, pound 3636. David Sparrow, Kevin Cadet, Alyssa Freeman in house. We're just talking about, you know, identity politics rearing its head during the upcoming election campaign, which is for all intents and purposes already on. And you can start to see positions being staked out and, uh, you know, calling into question people's affiliations with uh, certain identifiable groups, uh, for better, for worse, these kinds of things. Uh, you know, it's something that I feel uh, it's, it's, I think, a dangerous development. Uh, sometimes I'm not even sure uh, when you really pander to identifiable groups if that's necessary anymore. But here's a case in point. In Ontario, the NDP have formed a black caucus, the first of its kind in the province. That was announced today. Five members in total. They say, well, we finally have a quorum. We can have a black caucus. And uh, what it will do is ensure perspectives from black communities are considered when the party's discussing policy and issues. And they cite the progressive conservatives budget. We have an opportunity, they say, to go through that legislation and speak specifically about how these changes, cuts or changes to programs, any of that stuff will impact black communities in particular. David Sparrow, is this something I mean, you have cast your law with the NDP. Is it necessary to do this, I mean, in this day and age, or have we moved past that? Well, I think that what we've seen with uh, groups like Black Lives Matter and with some of the things that have gone in the United States and then even here in Canada with the way certain uh, uh, minority groups have been treated over uh, throughout history and the question of whether we've moved past it, I would say, no, we haven't moved past it as the ramifications of things we've done in the past are still with us. And there are certain groups that feel that uh, um, they face challenges that are unique and uh, need a unique perspective. This um, would obviously be one of them were these uh, MPPs, is it uh, provincially? Yes. Yep. Uh, MPPs mm-hmm. uh, feel that they can get together and talk about some of the challenges they're specifically facing uh, black constituents or or um, uh, people of color in their community. And hopefully they can do some good work and bring their voices uh, to the table. And I think that we'll see other groups, uh, for instance, LGBTQ and, and similar uh, caucuses in the future talking about specific issues and how they affect uh, particular constituencies. Oh, all right. So, you know, it really gets into uh, all these sort of satellite groups and whatever. I mean, that's to my mind or way of thinking, but uh, David makes the case that it's still necessary to do. Kev, how do you see it? Well, I'm a free, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm a free speecher. So I say for those folks who wish to band together and, and look at uh, any policy issue through a particular lens, fill your boots. Uh, having said that, I, I think there's an unfortunate impact over time of ghettoizing uh, uh, groups of individuals, as Dave referenced, we end up with, uh, I, mean, I guess we end up with a, a woman's caucus and a a black person's caucus and whatever other, I don't know, the Ukrainian caucus and, as you mentioned, LGBTQ2S caucus. I mean, wh- when does it start to break down? And at what point do some of these issues actually start to transcend the ghettoizing of these issues as well? Like, are, are there not some policies and issues and themes that just transcend beyond them. And I, and I worry we lose that thread if we start to only identify ourselves by whatever, I guess, the color of our skin or in the, in, or our sexual preference. Well, that, or, well, that's the very, you know, the the nature of identity politics. It sort of uses this as the prioritization of interest. And, uh, you know, so it does break people off into silos, as I see it. I mean, is that a dangerous development or is that a good idea still necessary, Alyssa? It's sort of a double-edged sword. I don't really like the splintering of caucuses. Uh, I think that you have to move forward uh, on on an idea when you're with a caucus. I mean, it's okay to have input and provide a different lens or a different uh, point of view when when discussing something. But 
You know, when I look at to see what look to see what they've done here with the NDP, I mean, honestly, short term, there's no downside to do it. I mean, somebody came up with an idea and they said, oh, we have five, we can do a quorum. It'll be a good news story for us. So let's put it out there and that we can provide a lens on different legislation coming up and at least have some input that represents this community. The short term, there, there's no big deal about that. And it plays well for them. In the long term, if there's other caucuses that start to splinter and say we should have this and we should have that, like you talk about not getting anything done. Um, But for example, you'd have a rural caucus versus, you know, or the inner city caucus. And uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, well, then you have the government of Trump. No, I'm kidding. But I mean, you know, you that would be the worst case scenario, because you would hope that the MPPs that represent rural communities be able to ably do that without having to band together and form a splinter caucus because they feel that they're what it does is that it shows they feel that the government as a whole or their party as a whole isn't addressing their issues. And that's not a good thing. All right. As far as identity is concerned, quickly, the next thing you end up with is Black Lives Matter at uh, pride parades and. And you end up with what I think were very, very, very niche issues that derail from bigger, larger, greater opportunities. Can I just say, uh, <clears throat> uh, apart from um, that particular comment, back to the rural uh, caucus concept, is whether they exist officially or whether they are simply called upon to offer their opinions, is you've got to believe that the NDP or the Liberals or the Progressive Conservatives, for that matter, um, consult a group of MPPs that represent Toronto and then consult a group of MPPs that um, uh, represent some rural area in order to get some kind of feedback on what the constituents in those areas are asking for. And so if they make it more official with a a caucus, I don't see necessarily a downside, except as Alyssa says, if they actually start to play off against one another and actually become internal parties within the larger party, then that's just going to lead to disaster. That could be the intersectional caucus. Or Or if they forget their other constituents who are not people of color. Well, all right. Uh, I just wanted to raise that specter and uh, see how you felt about it. On the identity question, here's the big one. Uh, what is the Leafs' core identity? I mean, every team seems like it's got an identity. You know, big bad Bruins. You got the Broad Street bullies. I mean, uh, back in the day, it was a frying, flying Frenchman out in uh, Montreal. I mean, but the Leafs right now, because I'm trying to figure out what their identity is. Sparrow, you've been watching this with interest. As a head of ACTRA, what do you see? Well, whether it's as the head of ACTRA or as a lifelong Torontonian, <laughs> John, the, I'll that's your identity. say that uh, the Wait identity... Wait a minute, are you doing your Foster Hewitt here? <laughs> Sports fans from all across the world. Let's look at the Toronto Maple Leafs. Basically, the little engine that could. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. And then they're in the playoffs, folks, and you can see how that has worked out for them since 1967. All across Canada, people are waiting for this team to win it all, and this could be the year! I'm not going after that. Yikes. All right. Uh, that answers my question. Are we done now? Just it's improv. I'm, I'm it's kind improv, of, it Kevin. Is. It's wonderful improv. Uh, and we didn't even ask him for an open line of dialogue. He just took it and ran with it. So, Kevin, I mean, uh, you know. <laughs> really? You're going to come to me? I'll, no, I'll give you, know you a what? lead in. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll quit with the sports shtick, but uh, the team I I don't see the identity unless it's Nazem Kandri losing his temper every game. Is that what it is? One guy. Uh, I don't know. Last night I thought I saw vestiges of it. You know, when Marner blocked two shots. That was awesome in the last sixty seconds. Well, I thought he was going to take his face out with those shots. But there was a guy. Nylander should be taking notes because uh, Marner's not a big dude, but he's willing to sacrifice. Nylander, not so much. And uh, you know, that's what I think. There's got to be some guttiness and grit. You know, to uh, 
They're they're fast and fleet players. They're not tough, not ruffians. When Kadri is your best piece of sandpaper, uh, you're lacking something. So you better identify can, as a can Swift team. or a Tucker unretire. Yeah, well, you know, I was even watching the Islanders uh, who are making a mess of Pittsburgh and Crosby and company, and you got Leo Komarov and Matt Martin, two X Leafs from last year, didn't get, didn't come back. They're playing a role, and uh, they're tough, and, you know, this the Leafs are missing some of that component, but they've got a new identity, and I was just asking. So, Alyssa, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, when I was watching the game last night, what really struck me was – the true team euphoria after those goals were scored, especially by those young stars that we've been watching. And that really hit home for me. You know, when Tavares scored, like, it would, you would have thought it was the golden goal. Like, and, and for all intents and purposes, it, you know, it was. Austin Matthews, I believe, scored. Same. The, you know, the joy. They both did what I felt was the the Tiger Williams, you know, fist pump and one, one <laughs> knee on the ice and scooting along. And that reminded me of some of the Leafs of yore. And that, the, and the way the team got together and they were all... Uh, they were really all for one. So if I if I had to come up with with sort of a a theme, I would call about you know th- these are the Leafs that are all for one and one for the city. And I think that's really what they want to bring back. You know, being part of the Maple Leafs is is sort of like a, a a mythical thing for players because they were one of the original six. And to do something in this market with this team in this city would be absolutely huge. Well, all right. Uh, it seemed like it signified something last night. Almost you know got triggered in that moment around uh, Marner near the end of the game. So maybe that is a rallying cry or cause topics worthy of discussion on the Oakley show global news radio 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley show podcast. Be sure to rate review and subscribe for free at Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.